testing, testing. All God's people said, Amen. Amen. I heard that. Proverbs chapter 25 this morning. Proverbs chapter 25. Proverbs 25. We're going to look at verse number 25. We started something Wednesday night when I put my hand in my ear, all the kids said, Amen. So we, we might carry that on today. Kind of like a cheerleader at a football game. I don't wear skirts. I'm not a man shooter. Just forget that whole illustration there. This, get I even said that. That's not a good one at all. I wouldn't be a cheerleader. But speaking of football, Miss Teresa is telling me that uh, we got five young people affiliated with our church that's going to be in the Bibb County uh, band this year. And so she was going to email me all the football games, the home games. You may want to go out there. I think uh, I don't know which. Five they are, but I think we got some come on Wednesday night that don't come on Sunday as well that are in there. So I think that's great. It's wonderful that uh, young people and getting involved in music and uh, a certain extent. Man, uh, Proverbs chapter twenty-five and verse number twenty-five. As cold waters to a thirsty soul, so is good news from a far country. As cold waters do a thirsty soul, so is good news from a far country. I kind of undecided about what to title this message. I, I kind of pinned this outline down probably about, it was during the wintertime, and I thought, wait a minute, I need to preach that during the summertime. <laughs> and I, I put a title on it, Beat the Heat. <laughs> Amen. Uh, and then I get more I thought about it, I thought, well, you know, another good little uh, Topic here is uh, title is uh, spiritual hydration. You might want to write them both down. Beat the heat, spiritual hydration. You need them both. And uh, let's go to the Lord in a word of prayer before we begin our message this morning. Lord, we do thank you for your goodness. We thank you for the help that you give us each and every day. We thank you for those who have come today. We pray that uh, the words that you've given to me would be a great help to them. We thank you for instructing me through these words and helping me through these words and May it now be a help to your people. We thank you for the saving knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ that we have and the hope that we have in Christ. We thank you how the word of God is that which quenches our thirst. And the salvation that we have through the Lord Jesus Christ is that which quenches our thirst. Help us to keep these things in our heart and in our mind. The Lord will be careful to thank you. We ask you, dear Spirit of God, to help us in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, here the Bible says, and Proverbs is just full uh, we, of, of, of encouraging thoughts, wisdom. And we went through the book of Proverbs in our Wednesday night class, and uh, I really have to admit that I learned a lot from just going through the book of Proverbs verse by verse. It's hard to go through the book of Proverbs verse by verse because every new verse has a totally different subject. And so you kind of have to approach it in a topical fashion. 
But here we have an encouraging word, I think. Uh, the Bible says it's cold waters to a thirsty soul, so, it, so is good news from a far country. And I think we all could use some good news, amen. You, y'all watch the news lately? Not too good. We could use some good news. You know, there's a lot of truth to how we turn out or how we uh, look at life or how we go through life, the kind of news we hear, what we're putting in our mind is what we're going to be as a person. And so if all we have is the negative things coming in, a lot of chances are all you're going to be is, is negative going out. It, it does us all some good to hear some good news. And I thought about good news. A lot of times we focus on the, on the bad news, and it's, it's easy to focus on the bad news. Matter of fact, it's hard to get off the bad news. <laughs> Once you're on the bad news, it's hard to get off the bad news. And uh, once you get ingrained in that, and, there, and, you know, and there are some problems, there are issues that need to be addressed, needs to be faced, and needs to be discussed. But uh, we've got to somehow figure out to balance out the fact that there's some good news for God's people. And I thought about some illustrations of good news. Uh, Miss Dawn came home, said, uh, I'm going to have a baby. And uh, Hannah was on her way. I tell you what, that was some good news. I don't remember about when she said she was having a baby with the boys, but I remember Hannah. I, I won't forget about Hannah, but the boys, it was just kind of, you know, run of the mill now. We had one, so this is just commonplace now. And we got another child coming, okay. And, you know, it, it's like that. You gotta, and, and, and that's the way things is. Now, if it was something bad, we would remember that, but if it's something good, it's hard to remember. So I'd almost say, you know, when you hear some good news, you might want to write it down. I think that way you can go over it. I encourage if you if you got something good going on, might want to take a picture of it. And it's, and it's easy nowadays to take a picture of things, and that way you can look back. Yeah, that's that was good. I mean, that's something great that happened in my life. And, and I think another uh, uh, illustration of some good news is when the baby's born. He's like, well, that's great. And then the doctor says she's 100% healthy, or he's 100% healthy. That's good news. I mean, that's always my first question. To, I, I wasn't so much concerned about whether it was a, a boy or a girl as much. And, you know, everybody's always concerned about, you know, it's a great mystery, a boy or a girl. Well, it's, it's either or. It's 50% chance. It's not, it's not going to be all that big of a surprise. You know it's going to be a boy or a girl. It certainly ain't going to be a horse or something. <laughs> but uh, nonetheless, you know, when the baby's born and the doctor said you got a baby and, and the baby's healthy, that's good news. That's good news, and, you, and, and we need to think about that, and that, that helps us. That'll put a smile on your face. I think I've only shed tears about twice in my lifetime. <laughs> and one of them was when Hannah was born. Now, like I said, the boys, it was just around the bill. But when Hannah was born, yeah, that, was a, that was a joyful tear in my eye, and I won't admit to shedding any more tears than that. Amen. Uh, but that was a joyful tear in my eye, and it, you couldn't help it. It was so much joy, and the experience was so great. It was some good news. Everybody needs good news. And, uh, you know, I'll tell you some good news is when you, you're going through surgery. You know, and, and just probably just about everybody will have to face some kind of surgery in life. And, and uh, you know, I've been through a couple of surgeries by my own doing. wasn't anything... <laughs> That uh, just me goofing off, wound up tearing something up and had to have a surgery here and there. And I've kind of quit doing all that. It ain't worth it. 
but uh, then there's guys out there to fix you right back up, so you ain't got to worry about it if you want to live on the extreme a little bit. They can sew you right back together, and you'll be fine. Uh, but it's good news when the doctor comes and visits and says everything's going to be fine. You went through the surgery, and you're going to have some therapy to go through, but if you do what I'm telling you, you're going to be just fine. That's good news. You see, you see someone facing a surgery coming up, and you're really concerned about it. The doctor says, you know, <clears throat> you've only got a 40% chance of making this through, and then all of a sudden there's a lot of concern, and then make it through, and the doctor says everything's going to be fine. That's good news. There's nothing like getting good news, whether it be surgery, whether it's a, a birth of a baby. I'll tell you some more good news. When you paid that last payment on the car, it's good news. Then you turn around last week and check, check, uh, trade it in on another And uh, But you, paying that final payment on that car, that's some good news. Hey, I'll tell you one even better than that. And I, I, I hope one day I get to do this, but you pay that last payment on the house. Hey, that's good news. I might all even throw a party on that one. I paid my last, have, a, have a, 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 a debt burning, that piece of paper they give you every week. You can burn that, and now the deed's mine. I don't have to have that lien over my head anymore. It is actually my house, except for if I don't pay my taxes, and then the government's going to come take it from me. But other than that, hey, that's some good news to be able to accomplish some great things in your life. And the Bible says here, as cold waters to a thirsty soul, so is good news from a far country. And uh, this being summertime, and you get hot, you have to work outside a little bit, and uh, be out maybe in the garden after work, or you're doing whatever you need to do on Saturdays, cutting the grass, and you're hot, I'll tell you one of the greatest things that you can do is take a, a, cold, a good cold uh, glass of water. Nothing like that. A matter of fact, the doctors will tell you, if you're going to... If you're going to beat the heat, you need to drink water the night before. The day before, you're going to have to get out in the heat. There's just something about that cold water to a thirsty soul. There's just about no, you know, no, no match for what water can do for a thirsting soul. And, that, and that, that soul that's been thirsty, that soul that their mouth is dry, and they've been out there in the heat, they've been working all day long, and, and I don't know if any of you have ever been there. I remember, uh, of course, I work outside a lot now, but... Uh, but I'm in the shade, but I remember back in my teenage years, I had a, a brother that owned a business that, that, that put in sewer tops, basically the sewer things you see going down through the road and then the tops, and they put them in for the guys come in there and pave the road and everything, and uh, I remember it was 108 degrees in the shade when I was a teenager, and was down there in Montgomery in that red clay, and I was down there digging that dirt, making sure that concrete pipe was going to fit in there just right. <clears throat> and I remember thinking I was going to die that day. I was hot. It was real hot. I don't even know how I did it. I wouldn't even think about doing it today. But I, I did it, and I'll tell you how I did it. When I got up out of that hole, I went over under a shade tree, got me a big, cold glass of water, and I drank every bit of it. And I'll tell you what. That helps out a lot. You know what a lot of people need today? They need a cold glass of water. They need spiritual hydration, and that's the application. You know, just like your body needs cold water to quench a thirsting soul when the heat is on. I think there's a lot of illustrations of the heat. The heat of the summer is the physical illustration. Beat the heat. You can beat the heat if you drink plenty of water. You can go out there in the heat. I've proven it. Uh, time and time again, you get enough water in your system, you can handle it. You ain't got water in your system. You're not going to handle it. 
The spiritual application is that if you're going to have a spiritual warfare and a spiritual fight, you've got to have spiritual hydration to beat the heat. There's the, and I'll even tell you this, uh, there is the, the heat of sin. A person who lives in sin without the Lord Jesus Christ, there is the heat of hell itself. The flames of fire that, that comes for those that, that do not know the Lord Jesus Christ, their personal Savior. You can beat that heat with spiritual hydration. You can beat that heat with the Lord Jesus Christ in your life. There's the struggles, the heat of the str- summer, the heat of the struggles, the heat of sin. Everybody's going to have struggles, and everybody's going to face difficult times. There's, there's bad news all around us, but I'm going to tell you something. You can beat the bad news. You can beat the, the struggles with spiritual hydration. And you say, well, how am I going to beat it? Well, it's the good news. I ain't going to beat it. The good news. Well, let me say this to you. First of all, the great need. If we're going to beat the heat, we've got to address there's a great need. Nobody's immune to it. Everybody here, you get outside in the summer, and even if you stay inside, there's a certain amount of water everybody's got to have. There's a certain amount of hydration no matter what you do. You've got to have. you die without it. You're going to wilt away without it. And so there's the great need. There's a thirsty soul. Now, maybe some people's lost their thirst. Now, that'd be a shame if you lost your thirst to do something for the Lord. You lost your thirst to... Motivation to do something great for the Lord. But, but you know, a thirsty soul is not a problem. If you've got a, you got a thirsty soul, that's a good thing. If you, if you, if you still have some kind of a thirst to, to be better, if you have some kind of thirst to overcome, if, you, if you've got that thirst, it's not a bad thing. You say, well, preacher, I'm thirsty. I heard a man say one time, he said, I'm just winded. I'm winded spiritually. You know what he needed? He needed some spiritual hydration. Spiritual hydration. Hey, the fact of the matter is that he's thirsty. The fact of the matter is he hadn't gave up. The fact of the matter is he hadn't thrown in the towel. Sometimes the soul is not as thirsty as others, but it's the weariness of the soul sometimes. Now, the Old Testament Scripture talks a lot about the soul, not so much in the New Testament, but it's in the New Testament as well. And, of course, your spirit, the body's, the body's made up of, uh, and, of, a, of a body, soul, and the spirit. It's three parts. It helps everybody to understand. Of course, your body is, is what it is. It's the shell. It goes back to the ground that it was created. But it's your soul and spirit that makes, makes you who you are. Your soul is what you're self-conscious about. Uh, your spirit is how you're God-conscious. How your spirit is how you communicate God, with God, and your soul is how you how you get around and involved with yourself, and your soul needs certain things. It needs to be saved. Your soul needs to be saved, first of all. Your soul needs the Lord. Your soul needs the encouragement of the Lord. Your soul needs encouragement of others. Your soul needs this church. And uh, your soul needs the Lord every day. And the Spirit is what helps you with that relationship, but that soul consciousness. Your body's made up of all three, and sometimes we, we don't have all three hitting on all eight cylinders. Of course, I guess it's a three-cylinder, but they're not hitting on all three cylinders. And we need to do some adjusting. We need to go into the mechanic, and the mechanic's going to say, well, I'll tell you what your problem is. You need a spiritual drink. You're running hot. <laughs> and the only way you're going to beat the heat is to get some spiritual hydration. Y'all with me this morning? As cold waters to a thirsty soul, so is good news from a far country. And I'll say a, a, a great need is a thirsty soul. That's the great need here in this passage of Scripture. There's a thirsty soul. As cold waters to a thirsty soul. The redemption of the soul is the most important need. The Bible says in Matthew 10, 28, Fear him which is able 
to destroy both soul and body in hell. Everybody needs to realize we have a great need. We got a thirsty soul. I don't care who you are. If you're Obama or, or ACDC or an intelligent professor at some kind of college that knows everything, everybody has a thirst in their soul for spirituality. And they may try to fill it with different things, and a lot of them are taking poison instead of spiritual hydration. A lot of them are putting the wrong kind of things in. But something everybody needs to realize is they have a great need, and that's the redemption of the soul. Without the redemption of the soul, the body says, both soul and body in hell. You remember the rich man, Luke chapter 12, verse number 20, said, I've got these barns, and I want to build bigger. There, there shows you a great picture of a thirsty soul. The things in life uh, just were not satisfying him. He said, well, I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do that, and, and perhaps, and of course, in this particular context, and that's not that way in every situation, but in this particular situation, nothing was satisfying him. The truth of the matter is, Jesus is what ought to satisfy everybody. Jesus ought to satisfy everybody. But this man, he said, I'm going to build bigger. I'm not satisfied. I'm going to do greater. I'm going to make more money. And the Lord spoke out from heaven and said in Luke 12, 20, This night thy soul shall be required of thee. There's a great need to quench the thirsting soul with redemption. Mark 8, 36. What shall it profit a man? You better hear this. What shall it profit a man to gain the whole world and lose his own soul? There's a great need. People need to understand that. That's where it all begins. There's a great need. There's a thirsting soul. There's a soul that, that thirsts for redemption. The Bible says in Psalms 22, 29, none can keep his soul alive. It takes the Lord. It takes spiritual hydration in the Lord Jesus Christ to beat the heat. Nothing else is going to quench that thirst. Nothing else will quench that thirst. Hey, not only a great need is redemption of the soul, but there's a great need of restoration of the soul. You know, David fell into great sin, Psalm 51. And David prayed, Lord, restore unto me the joy of my salvation. He had a thirst, a spiritual thirst that needed to be quenched. Couldn't nobody help him but the Lord. He said, restore unto me the joy of my salvation. Lord, uh, Psalms 41, verse number 4, Lord, be merciful unto me and heal my soul. There is a spiritual restoration that, 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 that Christians, I think a lot of Christians are in need of a, of a spiritual restoration. Psalms 25, verse number 1, the psalmist said, unto thee do I lift up my soul. You know, that... That beating the heat, if you will, the heat of life that sometimes gets you down, the heat of life that gets you struggling, the heat of life that just seems like wears on you, David says, and sometimes some of it's of our own doing, some of it may not be of our own doing. Even Job needed some restoration. You know, even, even Naboth, if, if he would have lived through his circumstance, he would have needed someone to come along and say, man, I know you just went through something, let me help you out if I can't. And, and Joseph and, and all these guys that went through tough times, Paul and Silas down in jail, they, they needed some restoration in their life. They needed some help in their life. And unto thee do I lift up my soul. And uh, so there's the restoration of the soul is a great need. There's a redemption of the soul that's a great need. And then there's the relief of the soul. And I think that we're, you know, people say, well, the church ain't what it used to be. And, and it's not. Wicked people are in rule. Wicked people are passing laws that are 
contrary to the church, and it's discouraging. I'll tell you what, I'm worried about what in the world I'm supposed to do as a preacher if all this marriage stuff comes my way. I'm worried about it. Say, preacher, you ain't supposed to worry. Well, well, I'm worried about it. Too bad. I, <laughs> I think about it all the time. I don't know what I'm going to do. And there's going to come a time, and I don't know when it will be, but it's going to come a time that, you know, we've been fighting this spiritual warfare and fighting this spiritual battle, and somebody's going to say, hey, I need relief. I was talking to a friend of mine this past week as a pastor, and he's, he's got a, having a hard time. To me, it really ain't about nothing, but his situation's horrible. He needs, he needs relief of the soul. In Psalm 17, 13, David said, Deliver my soul from the wicked. Now, David knew something about having the wrong kind of people after him for the wrong kind of reasons. As, as Saul was after him, David was a righteous man doing the right thing. God done put his hand on him, anointed him with oil. David knew what was, what was happening, what was going on. He's just trying to do the right things. Saul wouldn't have it. Saul was after him to take his life. Can you imagine being on the run nonstop, accused of things you didn't do? David cried out, Lord, deliver my soul from the wicked. And so we see a great need here is a thirsty soul. But the good news is we got some cold water. <laughs> hey, the cold water is there for everybody. The well was there for the woman. Remember the woman at the well? She was getting some water, but she wasn't getting the right kind of water. The Lord said, I've got some water that's going to help you not only today, but it'll help you tomorrow. It'll help you after the day after that and the day after that and on into eternity until we get to meet at the marriage supper of the Lamb and have a great time with the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. That's right. It's great news. You know what the great news is? The good news is the Word of God sent down from heaven. There's no better news than the Word of God. Now, it's a problem when we don't spend time in God's Word. It's a problem. I think that no matter what we go through and no matter what we face, if we have a good handle on God's Word. And we put our faith in what God has said. Now, I wish Jesus would come in here today and perform some miracles, but he's not going to do that. He could if he wanted to, but he's not. He did that for three years. When he was here on this earth, he did miracles. It was recorded. We got that record. Now, you either believe it or not. Now, these guys in these big universities, they don't believe it. They don't believe that Jesus walked on water. I think that's a fairy tale. I believe it. I believe Paul and Silas was placed in jail for crimes they did not commit and was able to sing and praise God in the midnight hour. Great things happened. People were saved, and a church was started that night. People was baptized in the middle of the night, saved and baptized because they believed God. They believed the Bible. They had a good handle of the Bible. Paul had a great handle on the Bible, read the Bible, studied the Bible, said, study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. The fact of the matter is, the good news is the word of God. We receive cleansing, the Bible says, by the word. Psalms chapter 1, verse number 3 said, you should be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. Now, you get planted by the water. You get planted by the good news. You got all that bad news coming in. We got a devil in the White House. That's bad news. I know. We got the devil's wife in the White House. I know. That's bad news. We got about seven of the Supreme Court are demons of hell. And uh, that's even more bad news. Amen. Amen. 
Get with me on this. We got some bad, I understand about the weather. Good news, we're going to win. I believe the Bible. That's the good news. I don't like what's going on no more than anybody in here. But the good news is, in the end, we're going to win this battle. There's no doubt about it. Now, we may have to face some persecuting times. We may have to go through some evil times. But the good news is, it's going to be okay in the end. And you only learn that from God's Word. When you get a good handle on the Word of God, reading the Bible, studying the Bible. I'll throw something at you this morning. I'm not even sure we can call ourselves a good Christian if we don't read the Bible every year. Oh, amen. You say, preacher, read the Bible. That's, you know, that's pretty. It is a pretty big book. It's, it's not just a book. It's 66 books. And, and I used to really promote this. Maybe hadn't done as what I should. But, see, I remember in Bible college. Let me give this to you. We was in Bible college, and all these guys sitting around the dorm one night, and I, I was one of them guys, I just picked up in Genesis chapter 1, I just started reading. You know, and I read all the way through. Every year, I read through. Every year. And even in Bible college, even before I went to Bible college, I was reading my Bible through every year. Oh, these guys, they, was, they were standing around one day, and they was arguing about a context. And I knew the answer. I done read the answers in the Old Testament, but they was all arguing over this new town. I can't remember what, what it was they was arguing over. And they said, and I think at this time I was a senior, so I, I guess they thought I knew more than they did. I don't know. They said, well, what do you think? And I knew what I thought. But they said, what do you think about this scripture? And, 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 and I looked at them. There was three of them there, and I looked at them. I said, I said the first one, these all guys studied to preach. I said, have you read the Bible all the way through? He said, no. I said, have you read the Bible all the way through? He said, no. I said, have you read the Bible all the way through? He said, no. I said, well, ain't none of y'all got any business talking about any context. You ain't read the context. Right? He didn't have none of them. None of them have no business. You said, that was mean and ugly. Well, that was kind of counsel. <laughs> I gave them, was read your Bible. I knew where the answer was to their questions in the Old Testament. The Bible is the best commentary on itself. Now, there's some guys out there that wrote some books that'll help you, but the greatest help you can ever have is just start in Genesis 1. I'll never forget Joyce Meyer. Oh, start. And I know, y'all, some of you may watch her, and I've got to be careful because she probably is a really good person. But <laughs> she's up there one day, and I don't even know, I, I, where I worked, they used to listen to her in the morning. She got up there one day talking about Chronicles and all the genealogy. She said, I don't even read that. That's not going to help anybody. I said, you old Jezebel. <laughs> everybody looked at me. Everybody looked at me. I said, you're a preacher. Y'all ever heard that? You're a preacher talking like that. Well, I said, well, first of all, last I checked, Chronicles is in the Bible. It's in the Bible. It may take a little bit more slowing down trying to figure out, and there's a lot of these, that's, and thousand words that you can't pronounce. But y'all know that in my Bible, I'm pretty sure I got one in this Bible. Let me see here. Let me check. Uh, if there ain't one in here, there's supposed to be. But this is one of them old-fashioned ones. 
But you may have, I don't see one here, probably. It's got a pronunciation guide. And it tells you how to pronounce that O over, I don't, you know, I'm not an English man. There's a long O, there's a short O, there's dots over an O, there's line over an O, there's no line, there's nothing over the O. And it, it'll tell you how to pronounce that O if you take the time. <laughs> Y'all know how many times I've looked in my pronunciation guide to how to pronounce a word so I wouldn't look like, I didn't know what I'm talking about. You know, if you look in your pronunciation guide, you'll find out that you don't say sword, you say sword. Right? Well, we just know that because we hear pretty, but there's actually a rule about it. It tells you all those rules. But I'm just saying Chronicles. Let me get back on my story. But Chronicles is a genealogy of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's very important. You know, when you read the book of Chronicles, you are reading a meticulous record about how our Savior was born. And that anybody that would ever try to doubt who Jesus was and where he came from, it was prophesied back in Genesis that it was going to be born of a woman, told Abraham to be born out of your genealogy, and it all has been pinned down. And Jesus, bless your heart, George Meyer Chronicles proves that all that was said about him by Abraham, Moses, and all the rest of it came to pass, and a meticulous record was taken care of it in the book of Chronicles. It's a record. It's an undeniable record. I will tell you, if anything is some good news, Chronicles is some good news. You have one of these blowhards, Dr. Smellford, how, how you even know that Jesus was born as he said he was. Well, we got we to go here in the Chronicles. It's a pretty good record. And Jews was very meticulous about their record keeping. Still are. Matter of fact, when they come to the name of the Lord, they watched themselves before they even write his names, how meticulous they were. Very important. I'm going to tell you, this book is good news. It's good news for a thirsty soul. This book is from heaven. It's from a far country. This isn't just from Israel. This wasn't just from over there in that part of the continent, three different continents it was written on. It wasn't just from that. This book is from heaven. This is a book from God as, as cold water to a thirsty soul. So is good news from a far country. Thank God for the good news. The redemption of the soul. The need was the redemption of the soul. We found the Bible says in Psalms 19, 7, the law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. You know your salvation was perfect according to this book. The good news is, when you got saved, it was perfect salvation. Wasn't a hope so. Somebody says, oh, I hope I'm going to heaven. Well, if you did what the good news said to do, you're going to heaven. The Bible says it's an anchor of the soul. Steadfast and sure. You ain't got to worry about that. If you've been genuinely born again, the Bible says the good news is, in Hebrews 6, 19, which hope we have as an anchor of the soul. Uh, we are them that believe to the saving of the soul. The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul, for the redemption of their soul is precious. Psalm 71 says, My lips shall greatly rejoice when I sing unto thee, and my soul which thou hast redeemed. You know, it ought to be a little bit encouraging. Some of God's people to know that the great need was a redemption of the soul, and we got the redemption of the soul in the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, there's a restoration of the soul. David cried out, I need restoration. Psalms 23.3 says, He restoreth. He restoreth my soul. And David needed restoration. 
he had some hard times. He had trials. Some of these great Christians, they had low times too. But I'm going to tell you how they made it through with the good news. <laughs> they kept pumping the good news. They kept talking about the good news. Hey, there was a lot of bad news, but they kept talking about the good news. Paul and Silas was in jail. <laughs> hey, there's a lot of bad news. Yeah, Paul and Silas was praising the Lord. It looks like we're going to see Jesus tomorrow. They, they talk about killing us. Well, let's, Paul, you know, Silas, well, you know, tomorrow, this be our last time. How are we going to go out? <laughs> well, let's just go out singing and praising the Lord. Let's don't focus on the bad. They said, let's focus on the good. I'd been having a nervous breakdown. I say, send a doctor in here and help me out. I think we all would. I don't know how some of them even did it. But nonetheless, they, they focused on the good news, the restoration of the soul, the relief of the soul. Psalms 35, 9 says, My soul shall be joyful in the Lord. The Lord is with them that uphold my soul. Uh, he that hath delivered my soul from peace, from the battle that is against me. And so there's relief. There's relief of the soul. And then last of all, not only is there the great need and the great news, but there's the godly nation. It's the far country, our source. Every born-again believer needs to realize the source is not in this country. It's not in this place. The relief doesn't come from here. It comes from there, from the far country. You know, we don't need to miss this. Our strength comes from the God of heaven. Our strength comes from the God of creation. What helps us through uh, the times of these lives, cold waters to a thirsty soul, is so is good news from a far country. David said, I'll lift up mine eyes unto the hills, from whence cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord. You know, David said, there's but a step between me and death. If I make a wrong move, it's Saul or the Philistine, everybody after the Philistines was mad at Goli after killing Goliath. And everybody wanted David's head on a silver platter. But what he'd done to the Philistines and all that country around him, that, everybody wanted to see David dead. Even, even King Saul wanted to see David dead. He said, there's but a step. I make the wrong move. I make the wrong decision, this is it for me. That's a lot of pressure. It's a lot of pressure. He said, I'll lift up mine eyes unto the hills from whence cometh my help. Abraham, as he went through his traveling, traveling this life, he finally comes to the realization that he said, we're just strangers and pilgrims. Hebrews chapter number 11, he said, we're just strangers and pilgrims passing through. We've got a better country. we got a country not made with hands. we got a a, a, a city not made with hands, but eternal in the heavens. And so he realized that, that the good news came from a godly nation, and that was heaven. Paul said, I'm straight betwixt two. Having a desire to depart and to be with Christ, which is far better. Just concentrating on the good news. Just concentrating on the good news. Stephen, when he was being stoned for, for preaching the gospel, I don't know how long it's going to be before they start putting handcuffs on us for preaching the gospel, but 
Stephen's preaching the gospel. He put handcuffs on him, put him down in a pit, started throwing stones at him. What'd he do? He looked up towards heaven. And the last testimony that he gave was, I see Jesus. I see Jesus. I want to tell you what, there's some bad news then. There was some bad news. Stephen, you know what they're fixed to do to you. Well, yeah, I know what they're fixed to do to me. But he said, I see Jesus. Stephen, they're calling you names. I know they're calling me names. I see Jesus. I see Jesus. The good news. As cold water to a thirsty soul, so is good news from a far country. May the Lord help us beat the heat. Maybe the Lord could help us today to spiritually hydrate. Now, let me close with this. Sunday's not enough. Y'all with me? If you don't have physically, if you don't drink water every day, and I'll go a step further than that. If I don't have coffee anymore, and I ain't too good till for a while, I got to get some coffee to get me going. But if you don't have some kind of water, on a daily basis, you're not going to perform. Spiritually, hydrate is the way God's people will beat the heat. So I'd stay focused on the Lord, look for the good news from the far country, because it truly is as cold water to a thirsty soul. And I know that we got some people here that are thirsting after the Lord. And I know we got some people here that want to see the Lord do something, well, you're on the right track. You're on the right path. It's not always easy, but you just got to keep taking the spiritual drink, and that water that the Lord gives us is the precious Word of God. And so we're thankful for the good news that the Lord has sent us, and as I share it with you this morning. His heads are bowed and eyes are closed. We're going to sing a verse of invitation. You pick us out a song. We'll sing a verse of invitation in just a minute, but there may be some here today. I believe everybody here knows the Lord is their personal Savior. We're here today. You need to be saved. I wouldn't leave today before I got born again. Maybe you're here today. The heat is getting you. The heat is getting to you. We get God's people are seeing more heat now than we have in the past. In more ways than one. We've got a lot of heat on us. Got a lot of heat. Well, I'm going to tell you how you're going to beat it. You get in the Word. Study the word, logically reasoning out the fact that the Lord is, loves you, and that's not going to change. Reason, look at it logically and reason out the fact that you, you got born again, you're saved, and that's not going to change. You look at it and you logically reason it out, say the Lord's coming again, and that's not going to change, and so I'm going to keep on the right path. Sometimes it's a lonely path. That's Stephen. Stephen was by himself down that hole. Sometimes it's a lonely path. Just, just keep doing the right things. Spending time in the Word. Drinking that spiritual drink. Spiritual hydration. Just keep going. Rely on the Lord. There'll be some good people come in your life encourage you along the way. Just thank the Lord for those. The Lord needs to help you this morning. You can ask him for help, and I know he will. So we all stand and sing. What page? 201.
Let's prayerfully sing on page 201 this morning. Uh, if you need to come to an old-fashioned altar and pray and ask the Lord for whatever it is you need today, this altar is open for you as we sing Just As I Am. Just as I am without one plea, but that thy blood was shed for me, and that thou bidst me come to God bless you for being here. Hope the Lord encouraged you this morning through the message and uh, hope to see you again tonight. The Lord bless you throughout the week and uh, all God's people's hearts satisfied. Say amen. amen. All right, I'm going to ask Brother Jimmy Norris if you would close us in a word of prayer, brother.